Hi, my name is Betty Miller. I am the coordinator here at Glorioso Zapatito. And we have some very exciting news. We've just started recording webinars. What is a webinar, you ask? Well, it is a pre-recorded cooking program that you can purchase. And we hope to have a full library available soon for you to cook along with some of our most favorite chefs. My favorite, favorite chef is here with me today. Her name is Katie Simpson. She has been with us since the beginning of Appetito. Katie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, um, yeah, I have. Um, I was here. I remember being in this building before you had ever even had any classes in here. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a long time ago. It's a lot of fun. Um, OK, uh, about myself. So let's see. Um, I actually am a pastry chef by training. Um, So I went to the Culinary Institute of America. Um, I graduated at the top of my class. I'm very proud of that. Um, Most of my career, I have been in pastry, although I have uh, crossed into the savory world um, a a good handful of times, um, this one being one of them. Um, And I've really, I've just worked in food my entire life. I've never, I have never once held a job outside of the food industry, which like when I actually think about that is really weird. Um, But it's true. I I have literally never had a job that wasn't involved with food. And aren't you lucky you're doing exactly what you love? <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, how many people yes. can say that their whole career, they're doing what they love? Yeah, it's, it is. It's so true. I have been incredibly lucky for right? sure. Um, just, you know, the opportunities that I've been given and the people that I've met and, you know, the things that I've been able to do. Um, it has been just a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, it's it was funny when I was in high school, basically just forever, I wanted to be a chef. And it's uh, it's so much more normal for people to think that they they want to do something and then they change their mind like right. you know once or twice or three times even you know like like everybody's like oh that's actually not what I thought it was or what I wanted I want to do something else but like for me I just was like no it's food like it's always food it's always been food <laughs> and so you're lucky because you have a daytime job a yes full-time mm-hmm. daytime job yes yep absolutely where you deal with food yeah Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get to have fun and come here and cook with us. Yes. Yeah, I know. I do. I, I definitely don't do this for a paycheck. I just do it because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what, I, what you mean by that. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, so we um, just got done filming Katie's first webinar. Uh, we actually filmed three that should be available soon. Um, and we did Gnocchi and Nudie. Mm hmm. So gnocchi done two different ways yep. and nudie. And it was really fun. Katie, we've done a lot of cooking classes with you over the past year. What was your favorite class? Oh my gosh. Um there are so many good classes. Well, so, I mean, one of my favorites for sure is the dumplings class that we just filmed. Um, so the Roman gnocchi, the potato gnocchi, and the nudie. Um, and I just find that one so fascinating because one, like dumplings are one of the like intrinsic foods of us as humans. Like right. every culture in the world has dumplings. Um, dumplings are peasant food. You know, there's something that people use to stretch their meat and um, their, you know, soups and things. Um, to be able to feed more people. Um, and so that one I love. And there's also so much history in that one. Um, 
Roman gnocchi is one of the oldest foods that we know of from Italy, um, which is which is amazing. And one of the uh, oldest cookbooks that we have ever found anywhere was found in Italy. I believe it was in Rome, um, in, and it dates dates back to the first century. That's amazing. And the first century, and there is there is a recipe for Roman gnocchi in that. Um, and so, just like thinking about like all of those hundreds and hundreds of years ago, like there were people making this, like and and like if you were transported back there, like you would recognize it. Right. To me, that, that that's just incredible. Um, so I love uh, I love that class just for that um, that aspect of it. Like I just feel like there's a lot of history and culture in a dumpling itself. Um, my favorite class to actually teach in the sense of like interacting with everybody is the pasta cuts class. Oh, right. Um, in, I love that class. Yes. So in that one, um, you know, we do, I, th- I think it's like a dozen different cuts, yeah, um, something like that. Lot. And there's, you know, some are filled, some aren't filled. And so it's just super fun to be able to show everybody like this wide array of different kinds of ways to to manipulate your pasta dough. Um, and then, uh, you know, and just going around and, and invariably everybody has a different favorite. And I always try to ask everybody, you know, like, what was your favorite to make and what was your favorite to eat? And usually those are different. <laughs> and it's all, and it always amazes me because everyone thinks they're going to fail at it. Yes, and everyone mm-hmm. succeeds at it. Yes, and no pasta is one of those things. I think that um, it seems so hard, and it like it seems so kind of like fancy and you know so kind of like out of reach right. for people. And and we've had I don't know how many people we've had that have said that they'll they'll come in and be like and they're nervous, they're nervous, and you know they're like I'm not going to do well. I'm not going to you know right. nothing is going to go right for me. I have never had a student ever not have dinner by the end of my pasta no, classes. Everyone is eating very well by yes. the end. Yes. Yeah. So when you're not cooking, what do you like to do in your off time? Oh my gosh. What are some of your hobbies? Uh, well, it's, it is funny. Um, like my, my life truly does revolve around food, like in a, in maybe an unhealthy way. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I hope not. Um, I mean, so I, I obviously am a chef. I'm married to a chef. Um, so, you know, our lives are, are a ton of our life is just, you know, what are we eating? What are we cooking next? Where are we going out to eat next? Um, so there's a, a whole lot in there. Um, but I, I do. I love to travel. Um, of course, I love to travel because I want to go eat food in other right. countries. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, so I definitely love doing that. I love, you know, going uh, going off just in in wherever and just you know experiencing new things um, in different places, meeting new people. Um, my newest hobby is actually mushroom cultivation, which is still food related, I guess, <laughs> really at its core. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but actually, this weekend I. I'm going to um, inoculate some mushroom logs and we're going to see how those, uh, how those take. Ooh. So I'm going to start growing mushrooms. Apparently. So maybe a mushroom ragu class. Oh, Hey, there we go. The future. Mm-hmm. With my own homegrown and mushrooms. It's fall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Parpadelli pasta to go with that. Oh my gosh. Right. So good. Yes. So now good. we're hungry. <laughs> now we're hungry. Okay. So for a lot of um, people out there that like to cook like myself, up always looking for tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. So it's fall. Everyone's making pie. You're a fabulous pastry chef. <laughs> What's a tip or a trick? 
So I think that I think that the the key to a good pie is really the pie crust, right? right? Like that's that is like the thing that makes a great pie a great pie. There are so many different kinds of ways to make uh to make a pie crust. And if you like go online, you will find 12 different experts that will tout 12 different ways to make a pie crust. And to be honest, the the honest answer is that all of them are right. Because pie crust is one of those kind of odd things where you just have to make it the way that it feels right to you. Right. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's almost like there's this divide, right. Between the pastry people and the culinary people, the the pastry people are very exact. We're very, we measure everything to the gram. We, we know exactly what we're doing. We do a lot of math. Um, it's very, very cut and dry in the culinary world. It's almost exactly the opposite where they, they're the ones that are just like, Oh, I just, I just mixed it in and I just put a little bit of this and a little bit. And I tasted it and it needed a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Exactly. Exactly. And so like almost always there's this clash between the the two and, and my husband actually being a savory chef, it happens all the time at my own house. You know, he'll, he'll make some delicious sauce and I'm like, what did you put in this? You know? And he's always like, I don't know. I just made it. Like it just tastes good. Do you guys ever, ever have the argument over like who cooks better? And this, <laughs> no, wait, not in the pastry world, but like savory. Like, do you oh. make certain things and does he critique them or get critical of what you made because he's the savory cook? He he definitely will if I ask him. Um, right. I mean, obviously, when we're at home, we're not like you're not competitive. No, no, I wouldn't say that. No, um, but it it is enough of a difference between us that that it does happen. Yes, yeah. and 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 I do know. Um, I knew I do know something that annoys him that I do sometimes is that <laughs> I'll ask him. I'll be like, "Hey, I want to make this dish. How would you make it?" And he'll tell me, and then I'll be like, "Oh, okay. Well, I want to try it this way, this other way." And he and you know he's <laughs> like, "Why great. did you even ask me? Like, <laughs> just do it the way that you wanted to try it, and it's not going to be." is good anyway, you know? Right. So, th- so there's that whole thing, right? So, so there's this divide. Um, but the funny thing about pie crust is that pie crust is one of those things that's actually more suited to the culinary world. It's one of those things that it's like a little bit, you know, you have to kind of feel it and you have to just kind of know what it has to feel like and, and look like. And it's sometimes it needs a little more water. Sometimes it needs a little less water. Sometimes it's a little too hot in your kitchen. So you have to freeze your ingredients. Sometimes it's cool enough that you don't have to. Like it's, it's just very like touchy feely a little bit. Um, and so like for anybody who ever wants to like make a good pie crust, all you have to do is practice. It's, right. it's not, it's not just like making pasta too. Right. And it, it, it's very true. Yeah. About like feeling it. It's, it is, it's all about, it's all about the feel of the dough and, you know, and, and, um, adapting to the environment that you're given that day. Right. So like we talk about this in our pie or in our uh, pasta Pasta class, class is like, if it's raining outside, you need extra flour. And I've taught the pasta class enough times that it's like I, I can almost guarantee it every single time right. just based on the right. weather, like what what we're going to need in the class. Um, and so it's like, yeah, uh, making pie crust is very similar to that. And so I think that that's the only thing is that for people out there, like it's not that you have to find like that one perfect recipe that's going to make a perfect pie crust. You just have to practice enough times that you understand how your pie crust is you know, reacting that day. Right, right. And, you know, when do you need a little, a little extra water? When do you need to like freeze your flour? Um, you know, when do you need to do just these little things that make a, Wait, a really freezing flour? That's a thing. Uh, yeah. Well, if you need, if you need to bring your temperature down, yeah. Cause, cause like you, you don't want your fat to melt. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. 
yeah. You want to keep because you're you're That's fat. A great trick, right yeah. there. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're you're fat. You want it to be very solid, right? And you're right. going to be using either butter or shortening or a combination. And that should always be cold, right? Should always really be cold. cold. Yep. So if it's the middle of summer and your kitchen is super hot and as you're cutting in your butter, if it's starting to melt, you should be freezing your flour because then you're just keeping the whole mixture as cold as possible right. and it's going to give you that nice flaky crust. Otherwise, your pie crust will turn kind of like crumbly, like right. gummy crumbly. Mm -hmm. It's a little like just off. That's usually what happens to mine. Well, there you this go. This is why I don't make pies. <laughs> this is why I don't bring the pies to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, yeah, there I you go. I make the turkey instead. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's just practice. And so, um, I, th I think, you know, for anybody out there who is like, you know, really wanting to find that perfect pie crust recipe, that might not be actually what they need to do. They might just need to just practice a little bit more right. and, and just kind of learn the dough. Like that's really what you have to do when you're working with doughs. And th I mean, this goes for bread dough as well. Um, you really have to learn your dough because your dough kind of talks to you. Um, you know, like based on sure. the, you know, the environment that you have, like how hot is it? How cold is it? You know, what, you know, what's your dough doing in your hands? Your dough tells you, they give you, it gives you all of these clues, all of these um, little cues of, you know, oh, I need a little bit more water today, or I need to be a little colder today or whatever. And just as long as you can read your dough and if you understand what's going on, you can adapt and you can make beautiful pastries. Or you can have a really good friend like Katie that will make it for you instead. <laughs> <laughs> or that's that. a category I fall in. <laughs> so, um, so this has been fun. This is my very first podcast. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Well, thanks, Katie. <laughs> that's because I'm with you. <laughs> anyway, no, it's been fun. The webinar was really fun to film. Yes, I yeah. look forward to those going up on our website at some point yes. in the very near future. Yes. And it will be just like, think about this. It, it will be anyone can buy them. Yeah. So like you can tell your friends in California. Yeah. And they can buy it and cook with you, which is, I, know. I think it's really exciting. Oh, it's nerve wracking. <laughs> it's going to be fun though. I mean, we did three today and maybe there'll be a pasta one in our future. Oh, I, th I think definitely pasta is on the docket for yes. sure. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, no. So this is something new. Um, we we found that we had to adjust at Appetito since we cannot have in-person classes right now during COVID. And this is what we've come up with. And um, we are going to continue to interview chefs. I will probably be part of most of them. And um, not only uh, chefs at Gloriosos and Appetito chefs, um, chefs in, in around Milwaukee, to hear how they're adapting with COVID how they've had to change your restaurant, what they've had to do to survive. Um, so that it's going to be really interesting. And hopefully people can use this as a really good platform to get the word out there. Whether it's a fun story or a tip or a trick or, you know, what they're going through. So that's what we hope for. Um, so anyway, let's see. We don't have, we do have some Appetito news actually. We're getting ready so that when we can have hands-on classes come back, we're going to do it very safe, um, smaller class sizes. Um, we used to have 24 people in a class. Um, now we will have 16, maybe 20, but you have to sign up with your partner. So there'll be no matching people up together, which was one of the things I used to love to do. 
people made new friends, you know, it was great, but you're very good at it. You're very good at that. (laughs) I mean, how many great friendships did we see come out of our classes? A lot, a lot. Absolutely. So, um, anyway, so we're ordering and have started putting together, um, like safety screens, like plexiglass, basically on wheels that will separate our rows from each other. Um, and so hopefully we'll get back in the classroom soon, but in the meantime, we're going to continue with our webinars and maybe at some point do virtual Zoom classes as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it. I think we've had a good day. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, everything was delicious. Like, and I, oh, I don't want to so just say that because I made it, but like it, it was, was so really delicious. <laughs> yes. Little fluffy pillows. Yep. Noki. Those are, those are your mm-hmm. Nokis. Yep. Little fluffy pillows. Delicious. So. Um, hopefully you'll tune in again with us, everyone out there and see what we're up to and listen to our podcast, watch our webinars and cook with chef Katie. She's really fun and knowledgeable. You'll love her. You'll have a chance to write in some questions and we'll answer them. Um, kind of like on YouTube, the way they do that. And so it should be good. Yeah. I can't wait to it. Can't wait. All right, Katie. Well, it's Saturday night. I think we should, um, it's about happy hour time. Don't you think? Absolutely. All right. Cheers. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.